Content warning. This audio contains mention of alleged sexual assault. Welcome back to Hidden Cases. This week we will hear from an individual who was protesting in downtown Los Angeles on August 26, 2020, in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin on August 23, 2020. Jacob Blake Jr., a black man who was shot seven times in the back and paralyzed by a white Kenosha police officer, Rustin Shesky, after he and two other officers tried to arrest Blake on an outstanding warrant in front of an apartment complex. During a scuffle with officers, allegedly a pocket knife fell from Blake's person. Blake said he picked up the knife as he was heading to a vehicle to leave with his children in the back seat. Shesky followed Blake around the vehicle, and as Blake opened the driver's side door, Shesky fired seven shots into Blake's back. Shesky, who was not charged, told investigators he feared for his life. Videos of the shooting surfaced on social media and ignited a wave of demonstrations in the wake of the George Floyd uprising of 2020. During explosive protests in the Kenosha area, Illinois resident Kyle Rittenhouse, 17 at the time, using an AR-15 type rifle, allegedly shot and killed Joseph Rosenbaum, 36, Anthony Huber, 26, and wounded Gage Grosskreutz. Rittenhouse, now 18, faces five felonies, a misdemeanor, and a curfew ticket from the events of August 25, 2020. Episode 4, Subject 1C, The Tunnel. We were there. It was a Jacob Blake protest. He was a black man that had been shot seven times in the back by the police while he was getting his kids from his um, girlfriend. He survived, but he's paralyzed permanently now. Yeah, we were protesting that in DTLA. I was kind of ahead of the crowd because I was uh, skating um, that night. I had had been part of the initial group of people that had been at the front of the tunnel and had seen the, um, the police there. I remember um, we all were turned turned around and like we're running back to the crowd like hey like turn it back around don't go through there um they're on the other side and by the time by the time like people were starting to realize that like there were we were people were already in the tunnel like we were we already screwed that booch that happened they 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 formed their line and um, cut everyone off and had us trapped on both sides of the tunnel um, at this point I was kind of toward the front. Um, was behind the shield wall. Um, yeah, I was, I was like behind the shield wall. And um, the police aren't letting us go. Everyone's just kind of standing there like yelling, hey, let's go. The organizers talk to the police and the police say, um, if everyone, all, all the shield wall and everyone all puts their shields down and stuff and puts their hands up and everything, then we'll let everybody out and it'll be fine. So everyone puts their shit down. Everyone puts their stuff down, like everyone puts their stuff down and everyone has their hands up, the entire fucking crowd. As they started, they opened fire from, from behind first. Hey, hey! Stop! Stop! 
I don't exactly know um, why, but they open fire from behind and then the um, the cop that's on megaphone talking that's in front of us is like, well, that's not what we should be doing. And we're like, well, who the fuck else would be shooting? That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, they start shooting my and everyone starts freaking out and then the police in front of us start shooting at people and grabbing people and beating up people and beating on, on journalists and stuff. Um, and then that that's that's around the point where I, I get trampled and stuff like that. After they were were done for whatever reason they decided they were done, they started uh, searching people like and like letting them out one by one. So we're taking like groups of like five people and then searching all of them and letting them go. I uh, get in mind um, with my friends uh, that I came with to get to um, get searched or whatever. I'm last in that line, like five of us. So they um. They take our five and they like move us to the um like the mouth of the tunnel, like out just outside of it, and um they search everyone one by one because there's like one lady who's searching all of us, so um who's searching all the um, women and such, and I was with uh that group because I'm trans and stuff. Yeah, so they searched uh my friends first, and then they get to me. To my memory, when they searched my friends, they like they kind of did it quick and like had them all. So they were all walking off together there, and they were walking off. And then when it was my time to get searched, the um, lady waited a second for whatever reason. I was turned around so I couldn't see if she was doing something or whatever. But by the time they actually started searching me, all my friends were like basically gone. Like they were far enough away that like I would have had to yell for them to hear me or like realize anything was going on. And they they weren't waiting. Like the police had like made them go. They were like because they tried to wait for me. They're like go go. So they made them go, and I was by myself with this lady. I kind of got the feeling from that that something was wrong. Yeah, I I didn't get a chance to really get a look at her face or her badge, but another person who had been searched by the same lady did, um, and that was how I was able to get her badge number and, and stuff. She uh, When she searched me, she you know did her thing and 
was grabbing me very aggressively in places like in a way to intentionally cause pain. Uh, she did it multiple times, like twice. She did that and then she like, after she was done doing what she was doing, she was like, okay, go. And then I just kept walking. Like I, I was afraid to, to say anything or like flinch or like, get get upset at what had just happened because like you know all the officers there's like a bunch of a bunch of officers behind her that all have guns like she has her gun or whatever they all have like you know less than lethals and like you know regular guns and shit and at this point like it's it's just me surrounded by like 50 cops and like all the people in the tunnel are far away and can't do shit all my friends are far away and can't do shit so there's just nothing to do just walk like just walk away and nothing happened that's what happened that night in the tunnel, at least. It wasn't the only time I was assaulted. I wasn't um, assaulted at least, Bob, but I was arrested um, on the way to a protest at a, a separate and another time in, uh, in May. And um, the officer that arrested me that day, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure because there were multiple officers there and multiple officers behind me. And like they, they patted me down multiple times for whatever reason. Um, like before they patted me down when they first detained me and then I, after they handcuffed me and then when they brought me to the car, another officer, um, patted me down. I didn't get to get a look exactly at this one either, but I think it was, um, how do you pronounce his name? Whatever the fuck that guy. They, uh, when, when that one, when that guy patted me down before they put me in the police car, he, um, grabbed me between my legs. Um, and then also like groped my ass. It was a whole like, and you know how that uh, works. So that happened, and then and that happened um, twice that day while I was once then, and then I think while yet yeah, while I was um, at the actual facility or whatever. But that that second time was a different officer though. I don't remember who. I'm not like really able to <laughs> write their names down or anything while I'm you know handcuffed. I I don't feel like I I've heard from a lot of this. Uh, since it's happened, I mean, I, I, I am, I'm working on it, but I mean, it's still, it still bothers me. I mean, it's, it's not the only experience with police that I've had that have been really, really bad. So I just like, it kind of fades into all the other trauma I've been through with the beatings and, and being shot and stuff like that. It comes with all of that, I guess. I don't feel like I've really done much to heal. I don't, I don't feel like there's much I can do to heal, just like learning to, just like learning to live with, with PTSD. And I mean, I definitely like to, I like to view a lot of the continuing protests and direct action and stuff that goes on as some form of revenge or some form of reciprocity, I guess. But I mean, that's the closest I'm going to get. Like, it's not going to happen if I go to LAPD and it's like, well, this happened to me because that's just not how, that's just not the world we live in. You can't go to the police about the police. No, I mean, I I was already getting stalked and followed by cops enough. I didn't need to give them more reason. It, it hasn't really changed anything. I mean, I, it, was, it was something I always knew they were capable of, especially like as a trans person going to protests. Like you, you ask any trans protester in L.A. and we all kind of know that like if we get arrested, we're pretty much guaranteed to get sexually assaulted just because we're trans and that's what happens. And so that's, it's just something I feel like we all know.
it, it didn't make me think any any less of police than I already did. If anything, it just gave me more to be angry about. It definitely made the fight a lot more personal because now it's like, it's not just like, oh, you did like the police do this bad thing, this bad thing, this bad thing that I have not much personal stake in, but that I just knew it was bad. But it's like, it gets to the point where it's like, that's my blood in the street and they spilled it. And I don't know, that makes me angry. That's not fair or whatever. I don't know. It, the fight just feels kind of different when it gets to a point where you have like names and faces on the police that you see all the time that you have like personal beef with knowing the uh the names and badge numbers of different cops that have just done dirty shit to you or that you that have done dirty shit to your your friends and stuff you know I mean, you see them like at random times or like you know like at work or whatever and they don't like they don't recognize you but like, you recognize them and you're like huh like you're just here existing and like the, the shit they do to you sticks with you forever but it's like they just go about their day like it's nothing it's like how can you just hurt someone like that and like that makes me angrier for one the fact that no action has been taken about that night whatsoever not even just about what, what happened to me but like that night in in general you know that bothers me a lot especially when you like supposedly elected like these progressive DAs and stuff like Gascon they were supposed to like go after these shitty cops but like you know they were you know 150 shitty cops on the ground that night doing shitty stuff I mean it can't be that hard to get some names and badges and do something about it but I don't know if anything you think that night would be a high profile a higher profile thing because it was such a blatant display of like local like the localized fascism that we experienced here in LA but um the extreme police violence the suppression of people's right to assemble to you know express their grievances to critique our government like the the fact that people the fact that people protested and the police were forced to bargain with them to be allowed to leave and then not not only that, but the fact that the police didn't even honor that bargain. Like they made us gamble for our lives and then spat on that anyway. You know? I have flashbacks like every time I drive through there. Or or every time I have to go through there, like when I pass by it, I like freeze for a second and everything kind of like flashes in my head for a second. Yeah, I mean like it's 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 something that like any any trans protester has, has to factor in. I remember um, there was one protest, for example, where it became a concern where people were asking, okay, well, it seems like there might be a rest tonight. Who's who's willing to take that risk? And another another trans comrade was among the people who were saying, like, yeah, I'll take that risk. And I, I remember looking at her and I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, well, I don't have any, uh, I'd, I, um, no, I don't have any problem. Other cases were dismissed or whatever. So they were fine. They were fine to take the charge if they had to. And I was like, no, like, you, you, you know what they do if they get their hands on us. And she was like, yeah, I know. And it ended up coming to fruition exactly as we both knew it would. Um, and I think it's just, you know, transphobia at the most basic level. It, it doesn't even really have to be explained much more. Like, just transphobia.
you know, you have, when you have these cops that like, so many of them have a very hard right attitude when it comes to trans people and trans bodies. There's this instinct that a lot of transphobes, especially like transphobic men, like cis men have, there's, there's this instinct to react to the presence of trans people with the violence that, that, um, often you see. And it's not just, it's not just transphobia. Like it's, it's a, it's a colonial violence. It's like this, especially in a, in a, in a, a space that's like as revolutionary as a protest where people are very much pushing against is like, imposed colonial ideas on gender and stuff like that on on our lives and stuff the role of police in our lives and stuff and like what rights they have to to do things to us like that kind of violence is it's to to reassert that i would say that it almost feels sometimes feels like you're being sent a message like they're saying like oh i know what you are and i can hurt you for it if i want to with them it's either like they're actively doing something or they're through inaction you know, just with, with like what's happened recently with like them standing by while, you know, people are getting the shit beaten out of them by fascists. Just, it, it, it feels, it doesn't feel, it is like after everything that we went through last year, you know, after the, the after going through the tunnel, after going through Hell Week, after going through, you know, all these different things, you know, it's like, the, the tunnel was was a bad night, but like nights that bad happened like once a week, you know, or not once a week, but like uh, really often. Like there's a, a a bunch of nights that we can say were as were that bad, and it just feels like after going through all that, nothing's changed. You know, they're still doing the same shit. They're still getting away with it. You know, they're still killing people. It makes me angry. It's radicalizing, but I don't get disheartened. I just, I just get more committed to seeing something get done. Ideally, I would like to never see a cop again in my life. I would like to never have to hear a siren again in my life. I, I never want to look at a, a cop car again. I never want to hear them. I never want to interact with them again ever it's like i just want them gone yeah i i i definitely got a lot of especially when i when i I was talking about it online um i got a lot of comments and messages from people saying some pretty nasty stuff in response (laughs) to me talking about it Random people on the internet. I mean, like, there were people that I knew that, like, I would tell this happened and they would say, like, like, I told a, I told a family member that this happened. And they, um, they just told me, well, well, that's what happens when you, uh, when you go to these things, you should have stayed home. I, uh, I got comments online from people saying, like, like one person, I think the nastiest one I got that, like, really stuck to me, one person that commented that, like, they said they said something like, um, "Well, the officer should should have shot you in the back of the head once he was done fucking you." And I was like, "Okay, that one that's nasty." If people have to wait for a formal report to be like confirmed or like or like go through that to get to like have people be like, "Well, yeah, this happened to you," then 
like if that if that if that really is the standard for being able to tell this truth and like say this happened, no one would be able to speak because these things these things almost never get get that kind of official acknowledgement, you know, within the system that they should be getting. That's why I feel like saying something, even if I'm not going to submit a formal report, is important because, at least in my opinion, I feel like the voice of, of people has more legitimacy than anything that a cop or the systems that support them would have to say. Cops always lie. Uh, fuck the police. Fuck LAPD. Fuck LASD. Fuck every sergeant. Fuck every cop that was in the tunnel. Yeah. Fuck them all. Fuck them. I hope they wake up with piss in their cereal. Thank you for tuning in to Hidden Cases. Hidden Cases will be releasing new episodes every Friday. If you have been affected by police sexual misconduct and you'd like to share your story, please email hiddencasesla at gmail.com. If you'd like to join the community, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at hidden underscore cases. Hidden Cases is written and produced by Strawberry Fields. Thanks for listening, and remember, we keep us safe.